<laughs> Alright, we about to start for real though. Okay. Yeah, hurry up. I, I, Five, four, three, two. Alright. You ready? <laughs> hey man, what what were you saying about um eating on the show or food or something? Chicken tenders? Yeah, so I got these chicken tenders right here, and they're so and they're good as hell. I ain't gonna lie. Mm-hmm. Um, why do they call chicken tenders chicken tenders? <laughs> what? <laughs> why? Why do they call a chicken tender a damn chicken tender? Pay the man. <laughs> why is that so? Why is that the pressing question right now? Because I'm thinking, like, what part of the chicken is tender? Is it the ass is tender? Is it the breast is tender? Why the fuck give me do your, they call it? Wait, first of all, pay the man, and then give me your best give me your best uh, answer to that. How would you answer you? I don't know, because that's why I said it. Is the ass tender or is the breast tender? Pay the man, Dean. <laughs> well, you starting off on fire already. What? So look. What part of the chicken is tender? They call the so look man so I, you gotta lump in like chicken fingers, strips, nuggets, all that stuff in together because they're being made by different parts of the chicken, and they call them tenders um, because they they only come from the most tender parts of the breast. No, no, did you? You started laughing because you ain't got to answer that your damn self. I'm telling you, that's the answer. So lean, all white meat. Uh, they're plump, juicy, and full of flavor. No, you know, I'm, breasts. I'm, hell no, I'm, doing, I'm doing my research on this, man. I got to see what part of the chicken is tender. It's got to be the ass. I'm telling you, it's breasts, your non-listening self. It's the breast. It's the breast. It's the breast. That's, that's the answer, the breast. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Let's Talk with Gales and Dean. I'm your boy Gales, as usual, and to my left is... <laughs> it's your boy, it's your boy, the insane Mr. Dean. Y'all got to excuse me, I'm laughing because we had this debate about chicken tender. I didn't know what part of the chicken was tender. I thought it was the ass or the breast. Gales said it was breast. We're going to go with that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's... And I love, like, I literally Google it and it says only... I like how it, it emphasized that <laughs> only the most tender parts of the breast, and they taste so good. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do. Well, welcome back to another week of whatever this is, man. This ridiculous <laughs> show with us two ridiculous people. How you want to start the thing out? Because listen, I'm gonna let y'all peek behind the curtain again. Look, your boy Dean, I think has has given up on the the Steve Harvey debate. He's been getting whipped the last couple of weeks. Sure, we can ah. all agree. So, uh, this week was supposed to be about, um, you know, the hypocrisy of that Trump dinner, right? You're going to talk bad about Trump, then have dinner with him, you know? So oh, we can get into that. We can get into that. Okay, I'm listening. Because 
the thing is, okay, the thing is, if, if you follow Steve Harvey Morning Show, which I know a lot of people on your way to work in the morning or, or if you're at work, you listen to on the radio station, you have heard him bash Trump to the T since before Trump was even president when he was just running for president, okay? So in my opinion, when you do that, you already made it clear and very clear you have no love and you don't like the man, okay? You, that you, Will you agree with me on that? You agree with me, right? So far, so okay. good. So you bashing him every other day on your show. You ain't liking nothing that he's doing, but you take the invite and you go to Trump Tower, sit down, have dinner with this man, have a conversation with this man, come downstairs, shake hands, slightly hug the man and take pictures with him. Mm -hmm. And we, and I suppose the... Say you okay for doing it? I, I'm supposed to say you're not a hypocrite for doing it. How is it not hypocritical? How is it not? And only to go right back on your shows so a couple of shows later and go right back to bashing. You can't do that when you just set up there and smile within the picture and broke bread with this man. You can't do it. All right. That's all I'm saying. So man. I'm gonna take a quick, quick break. Cause shout out to our guy Brian Tanner, one of the sweetest step back threes you'll ever see in your lifetime. Um, BT, he said. Grown a man eating chicken tenders. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Brian. Shout out to Brian. Yeah, man. Hey, so, tell him Popeye's is very, very good. Listen, I love how you said tell him like he came back up. Hear you, man. Oh, yeah. Well, he heard you. Tell me your self. Ahead. There you go. So, look, man. <laughs> so, you made some good points. If you just take the situation, if you don't take the situation as a whole, and you're kind of breaking it down and little by little, then yeah, it can come across very hypocritical. But remember, we talked about before how he took this meeting on on the, uh, I guess, at the behest of the Obama and Trump transition teams. Like I said, Steve Harvey has these vision centers all across the U.S. where it helps impoverished, um, you know, urban people. I don't know how to say it. Black people. Little black boys, man. Teaching them how to be gentlemen, how to do this, that, and the third. Giving them food and resources, all that stuff. So he was trying to figure out how to use the powers of the presidency of the United States in order to expand this ideal out because he only has some so many uh, different resources. And with that, he was trying to, all right, let me see what he's talking about. But he starts the meeting with telling Trump to his face, I don't like you. I did everything to get you, uh, to make sure that you didn't get elected, but you won, you know, props to you. Now I want to see what you're going to do for us black folks. Okay? And he literally um, got Ben Carson on the phone. They talk, they have all these plans, and it's great. Harvey was supposed to go down there by himself. Trump just invited himself because Trump knew exactly what it would look like. Because one handshake in front of cameras with, you know, Donald Trump means you're Donald Trump fan. You know what I mean? So he wasn't as hypocritical as he, he wasn't so much hypocritical as he was a little <clears throat> bit naive. He kind of went against his team's advice because he was trying to expand his vision, you know, his vision, um, <clears throat> his vision centers and Ben Carson and Trump, they didn't follow through with that stuff later. So it was just all publicity and Trump's a master at that, you know, but, but is it hypocritical? I think not. 
I think so. Knowing the backlash, knowing, knowing the uh, the backlash that he was gonna do, knowing that Trump would probably do that, why would you even go down there and 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 sit there and shake hands with him in front of the camera? Why, why would Dr. Martin Luther King, after being under attack with from other government officials, go sit down, shake hands? So people like me and you can sit here and have silly, silly arguments about whether this successful black dude is hypocritical or not. We're not talking about any of the uh, police brutality. We're not talking about the education. We're not talking about the infrastructure that every day is choking the life out of the opportunity for, you know, for people in black communities or poor white communities you, or, you know, just... Just all these small towns and places, you know, why police aren't getting paid. Firemen, teachers are underpaid. That's why. That's why. He took a chance. It failed. All right, moving on. He's fine. He's not losing too much money. He's still in that big old nice house with that beautiful wife living his life. But he's trying to put his neck out and help other people who are less fortunate. I agree with you. You said about Dr. Martin Luther King, but how many times did that, well... We didn't see it, but how many times have you heard of Dr. Martin Luther King going there bashing somebody that he didn't agree with about the race and then go oh, sit down and Oh, hang on now. He did. Except he doesn't. So you got to remember, within all this, Steve Harvey's a comedian first. Okay? So his bashing is going to sound more uh, crass and in I, your face. I don't think he's that funny. I don't that's think that's fine. Funny. Now you're trying to change the argument, but that's fine. What I'm saying is, no, I'm well, Martin Luther King says that America has issued a check of liberty that has come back as insufficient funds, that's absolutely bashing the government. When Malcolm X is talking about the war crimes and all these things, right, where he goes to the world courts and asks to bring the United States on charges for slavery and Jim Crow and all the subsequent, you know, things after that, right? That's absolutely mm-hmm. talking trash. They just did it in a more eloquent intelligent way you know did you see did you see malcolm x break bread with it and then you want to bring him up he did not yes he did remember he had that huge switch when he was ousted from his uh like he finds out about the honorable elijah muhammad who's got yeah. these babies by these very young girls and he asked mm-hmm. him about it he talks to the family and they basically threatened him saying like hey man you know he's just got a uh you know he's got his own way or something right and so he can't yeah. he can't sit with that. His wife could not sit with that, you know. And they say happy wife, happy life. And so he was like, bro, I can't ride with it, you know. And so he started to change his tune. And then he got he had to deal with the hurt and the pain of someone who he considered who him saved his life, right? The Honorable Elijah mm-hmm. Muhammad saved my life. And I found out that he's got he's getting pregnant. He's impregnating these young girls, right? So that becomes mm-hmm. a thing. He goes to Africa and he's or and he sees this different type of Muslim practice where black, yep, white, everybody right. is together worshiping, right? And it's peaceful right. and it's coherent. Then he comes back and he has to apologize to a few people because at first it was like, we don't want the white man's help. We don't want anybody's help. We don't want them Uncle Tom Negroes down there. We don't want their help. All this stuff, he changed that tune and then he was assassinated. Okay, there was a lot of there was a lot going on. I think he was about to work with Martin Luther King and doing that very thing, sitting down with people we don't like to get what we want and need and desire as a group of people. Well, I think the CIA has something to do with him and uh, 
him and Martin Luther King's death, but you already you don't like my conspiracies that I go through. So we that's for a whole show for a different day. Okay. So I get it. You know my conspiracies. You say I'm crazy, but I'm not crazy. If I got any conspiracy people out there, please join our show and get on my side because this is gonna think I'm the most insane oh. person with my conspiracy theories that I have. But back to the Steve Harvey thing. You make good facts. I make good facts. You have your opinion. I have my opinion. My opinion is a daggum hypocrite. I'm not going to change that for the simple fact the stuff and things he have said. You make good facts about stuff that he have not said, and you make good facts about good deeds that he did. I'm not taking that point. But for him to do what he did, and then you get on your show and you bash stuff like that, to me, in my eyes, and it's just my opinion, I, I can't speak for everybody else, I can't speak for you, but to me, in my eyes, he's a daggum hypocrite, and that's what he is. Like I said, if we ever make it, if we ever make it to the platform that we can actually get him on our show, I will tell him that. And just, that's just my opinion. He might tell me he don't like me. He like you better than me. That, that's his opinion. I mean, that's what you go through. But just, I, I don't like how he did it, so I take it as he a hypocrite. Uh, people might say, you won this argument. I'm going to say, I won. You know, so I'm not gonna say I lose too much, but you may, you may. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying you're not making good facts because you are. You know what I'm saying? I understand what you said, but you can't get on your show and just tear this person down. Yes, which I'm not a fan of Trump. Yes, you can. No, and yes, you can. Because let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I'm not a fan of Trump. There, I just tore Trump down. I think he's a buffoon and he's not very a very good pencil pusher. There, I just tore him down again. But if that man wants to talk about, uh, let's see how we can allocate $40 million to Columbia, Tennessee to help inner city kids. Uh, we're having that dinner. So you can just call, go ahead and call me a hypocrite right now. Guess what? If you go in there, if you go in that dinner on behalf of Gales and me, your ass be going there on Gales. Because <laughs> I ain't going with you. Right. Well, you know what? I like what Brian says in the comments. He's saying that, uh, first off, can you really take anything Steve Harvey says seriously? That depends, Mr. Tanner, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? So it's one of those things of like, if I got Dean, who is goofy as he is, right, as silly as he is, very rumbunctious, right? <laughs> this is Dean. But if he comes out and say, hey, Brian, watch out, you know, and you go, whoa, you know what I mean? So it depends, Brian. And I don't think you, I don't think you do. For me, like, that's why I said Steve Harvey for me is comedian first. You know, Dean, I think your argument you're making is a different argument. Is he a jerk? Sure. Is he short-tempered? Yeah. Is he kind of a clown? Yeah. Is he that funny? Eh. You know, but that's not the argument you chose to make. So that's why you're losing this debate, and that's why we need to go ahead and move on to something more fun. You see what I did there? That was, that was almost, ladies and gentlemen, that was almost as sweet as that sweet, sweet step-back three-point shot. Thank you, Mr. Tanner. Hey man, you did that. You did. I give it to you. You did that kind of cool. You still didn't win the damn argument. All right, on to the next. <laughs> on to the next, man. We are gonna get some <laughs> sports talk, man. So we got the NBA playing games happening tomorrow, I believe. Yep, starting tomorrow, man. And hey, hey, Mr. Tanner, BT, I hope you're looking at this. Um, sorry, Gales, I didn't mean to cut you off, but we got a, we got a, we got a LeBron James and a Steph Curry matchup in this playing game. And you want to talk about much watch TV? This is much watch. You got a you got a team in the Warriors that's very outman. On paper, they're very outman by the Lakers. I, I mean, I got to go and get the Lakers, dude. You got you got Anthony Davis. You got LeBron. You got um um uh, what's the damn tall dude? Hell, Drummond. Uh, 
can't hit a free throw the same life. But you you know you got your whole you got your full squad back, which I find ironically. All these injuries happen. Oh, right when we go into playing game, LeBron's coming back at 75, 80%. AD's 85. Dennis Schroeder, all of a sudden, ain't got COVID no more. Everybody comes back from playing. Whatever. That's whatever. But the way Steph Curry is playing, the way my guy Steph Curry is playing, do not, and I mean do not be surprised if they win one of these games. You hear me? Steph Curry can do it. He can do it. Well, you yeah. get him going. I think, but no. I think that's what LeBron. They can get, they can get a win. Hold on, Dean. I think that's what LeBron was kind of talking about, though, right? The idea of a small yeah. sample size. Anybody can luck up and win a game. Like it takes skill and talent and coaching and all these things to have been been on this upward, you know, sm- like slow burn and peak right at the right moment. You know what I mean? But a, a single game, whew, that's tough, boy. But, hey, that's not my fault. Have a better record during the regular season, you know. Well, and Brian I'm Tanner says shout-out to uh, the New York Knicks, son. Hey, hey, hey. You know what? Me and, me and Brian, he, he posted something uh, a couple of weeks back, and I put a comment. The Knicks are a dangerous team. I still think – I think they I think they are a player or two away. But the pieces that Julius Randle should be second or third in MVP voting. The dude went to New York and just changed his whole game. Derek Rose is a revised Derek Rose. I always been a big fan of D Rose. I'm loving him. I'm loving. Him. That's a young team, and if they can get a couple of pieces next year, like some veteran pieces, go there. The Knicks are back. They're gonna make some noise in this playoff. I'm not saying they're going to the NBA championship, but they're gonna make it very fun and they're gonna make it very interesting in the East. We mark my words. But how long do you think? Derrick Rose and some of the the vets are gonna last, you know. That's what I, that's what I'm saying. That's what I mean. They basically have the team that they in ready mode now. I think they should get one more piece next year. You know, a veteran piece. But if they, I don't know if they can afford a big time superstar or something. But I think they 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 that player away with the team that they got now next year they could make a run at the championship. You got, you, of course, you got the Nets over there with the big three. Uh, you can't count Giannis out. I really don't like counting 76ers out, but you just don't know what Joel Embiid you're going to get. Are you going to get the serious Joel Embiid, Embiid that can't nobody stop? Or are you going to get the Joel Embiid to play around? Joel, Joel Embiid, serious, he's unstoppable. But if you get the Joel Embiid that's playing around, you'll be But I look for the Knicks to make noise this year. They're going to make they gonna make it fun in the East. They're going to make that playoff race fun in the East. But next year, I look for them to try to make a title run. Back to this Laker Warrior game, it's going to be musty TV. It's going to be fun. It's Braun versus Curry. You know, oh, what? Wait, whoa, whoa. Time out, time out, time out. First of all, what? Uh, Mr. No Cap Podcast says talk heavy, Dean. He likes what you got, man. But listen, hey, man. let me tell you something. Let's, let's. I just want your honest opinion here, Dean. You think it's easy for LeBron James to look at Steph Curry and think, this dude is who they say is coming for me. They're trying to pin up, pit us together. Like, come on, man. One on one, you really think that, like, yep, Curry got the edge. One on one. Yeah. I'm taking Curry any day. So I'm saying, no, 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 no. Let me be sure. I want to be perfectly clear. One on one basketball. You know, there's no three point line either. 
It's make it, take it. You're taking who again? I'm going with my guy, cuz. You's a daggum lie. You's a daggum lie. All he has to do is miss one time. One time. And LeBron's not giving the ball back, man. This dude is a phenom. How dare you? That's disrespectful, and I won't allow it on this, on this that gum show any longer. I can't I do it. First of all, I, I don't give a damn what you allow on the damn show. Pay the man. It's, it's, me and, it's me and your show, so you got to allow it. Pay the man. Now, back to it. Back to it. And I give props to LeBron because LeBron said, in his in his opinion, Steph Curry should be the MVP this year. So I got to give LeBron props for even coming out saying that. So, ladies and gentlemen, Dean, Dean doesn't know that he's got muted, and um, I could just talk to you one on one because Dean has not learned how to use this uh, technology. So I possess certain powers that he does not. Yeah, he don't look at him, look around like, how is he doing this? It's magic or technology and science, but whatever. Okay, Dean, I'm going to <laughs> pay the man. <laughs> I'm gonna allow, I'm gonna allow you to speak now. I said, <laughs> I said, I give props to LeBron because he came out and said, you know, Curry deserved the MVP this year. And coming from LeBron magnitude, you say that about somebody else, they, they, you know what I'm saying, they, they take, that's big props. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying the Warriors can win this and put them out. It's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. I, can say, I said the Warriors can take a game. They, they can take one game. I didn't say they could beat the Lakers, but they could take one game and they could make it very interesting and very fun to watch. It's going to be so, a fun match. Wait, explain this to me again because I must have missed something. Is it not just a one game elimination game, or is, is they is a series? I think no. I think if, if the Lakers win, I think the Warriors will be out. If the Lakers win. If the Warriors win, they could force another game, and the Lakers will have to win. I think that's how it is. Brian, Brian, if I'm wrong, chime in in the, in the comments and tell me how it's going. It's kind of weird when you see it on TV how they do it, but I think that's the way they explained it. But if the Lakers win, if the Lakers win, I think it'll be you know over with. But if, if the Warriors win, it'll be another game. You know, mm-hmm. it kind of like turn into a little series. And I'm not, I'm not 100 sure on that. So don't don't get me like that. But you can just look for the Warriors to make it fun. Like, I think it'll be fun. Right, right. Yeah, I'm looking forward. Yeah, so Brian says it's just one game. Appreciate that. Man, look, no cap podcast in the house. Go check it out if you ain't checked hey, it man. out. Some check of the it coolest out. dudes. Look, when you're done with our Y'all goofiness, man, go over to some cool dudes, get some real some, some real content. <laughs> some real content. No cap podcast. Like <laughs> hey, you don't have to Google. You don't have to daggum Google what that meant. I was like, no cap. But they wearing caps. I don't get it. <laughs> Only that's how uh, that's like how it. out of touch I'm out, man. Hey, no, no, you ain't out of touch. Cause like when my my kids be saying, "You capping, Dad?" I'm like, "I'm what? Like what the hell?" Like when I first <laughs> they first said it to me, y'all like, "What are you? What are you talking about?" It means lying. What well, would say lying? Don't say capping, cause I don't like it. I'm old school. I don't say bruh. I don't say capping. I don't say I don't like bruh. I ain't gonna hold. Sounds you. fun to me. See, I, I just like anything that's fun. Honestly. All right, you know, so. back in the day, shout out to uh, Bud or Kelp. Sorry, Kelvin Burns. I don't know. It's the government. <laughs> These nicknames change, man. I was trying to get a hey, matter of fact, anybody's got Mookie's number, Mookie, Greg Owens, Piff, whatever he goes by now, let me know. 
Look, I can't keep up with all these uh, nicknames out there, people. Pick one, that gummit. I've been the same that gum yeah. name for, you know, eons, that gummit. I done had, look, I done had the same nickname since White Man Can't Jump came out. And it ain't gonna never change. Sidney Dean. That, it ain't yeah. gonna never change. Sidney Dean, bro. Talk about a perfect it storm. It ain't gonna never change. Hey, man, you already know it. <laughs> but hey, man, since we on sports, man, it was a great story about um, Najee Harris, uh, former running back from Alabama. Um, heck of a running back. Got picked up by the Pittsburgh Steelers. He got picked up late in the first round. Which I think is a big pickup, man. Uh, it's a story. It's actually not even a story. It's a whole series on him. Um, on one of like the ESPN things, you can go watch it. I think it's like a five, you know, a five-part series. So yeah, we'll find that name before it's all said and done. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's talking about you know him and his mother's struggles coming up. Um, he was kind of a troubled kid coming up. You know, he had a chance. You know, as he started getting better, as he started getting better at football. He's from California. Uh, as he started getting better at uh, football, you know, the powerhouses in California wanted the modern days, the St. John Bostics, um, what's the other, the De La Salle. And uh, what what made, and I'm not an Alabama fan, but I'm a football fan, and, and I like Najee Harris. I've always been a fan of tall running backs because I'm a, I was a tall running back. What made me like him is more, as he said, I had the chance to leave and go to all those powerhouse schools but I'm from Little Antioch, California, while football team wasn't on the map. He stayed there to put his football team to help put his football team on the map, and now they're Impressive. nationally known. Yeah, you know, and for for a kid to do that like that, man, you gotta like take your hats off to him. Now he went to a powerhouse, Alabama. <laughs> he went to he the made powerhouse. Up, he said he served his nickel, and now he's going to a powerhouse. I don't blame him. He went to the powerhouse. But, uh, the thing is, him and him and uh, what's two two of Tonga Baloa, they was uh, good friends in high school. So Tua had already committed. Najee was actually thinking about going to like, if I'm mistaken, it, it could have been USC Ohio State. And uh, him and Tua, man, you know, they they families knew each other as they were in high school. Him and Tua having a conversation one day, and he said he went home and told his mom, "I'm going to Alabama." And, you know, he went to Alabama. You know, he knew he had to do behind Derrick Henry. They had a couple other running backs. And he waited his turn and got on the field and, and, and look at it now, man. I, I'm just a fan of running backs, especially when you're going to the first round. You know, Najee Harris is a superstar in college, but he's a very humble dude. His work ethic is, like, 100 times over 100 times. Like, this dude works out four times a day. Like, you know, I, I watched it. He gets up five o'clock in the morning, two hour conditioning, go eat breakfast, rest, go back in, an hour and a half, two hours on the weights, take about a break for an hour or two, ice bath, then he get back out there and train. And this is this is five days a week. No, six days a week. He said he rests on Sundays. You know, so when you so if we got any young kids out there listening to me or parents, if y'all listening to me. And I have uh, uh, younger sons to play ball and stuff. And I tell them all the time, if you ain't got the work ethic, you can have all the talent in the world. Trust me, you can have all the talent in the world. But if you ain't if you ain't willing to go put that extra mile in, that extra work in, you're not going nowhere. Because there's somebody out there doing it. You know, my, my six-year-old, I, if you see, I, I post videos, I'm already working with him. You know, he's six. But you got to start him early. But he be wanting to do that. He come be like, Dad, let's go train. 
you got to be able to put in the work. And I talk to so many kids, they be like, you know, I'm, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this good, I'm that good. You know, my 13-year-old son back home in Tennessee and my nephew, they talk a lot of shit about how good they is, and they are good. But I'm like, are y'all putting in the extra work to get better? Because you can be good in your little small town of Murray County, Columbia. <laughs> it's been a lot of us. Yeah. But when you get to that, when you get to that next level, I don't care if it's JUCO, D2, D3, NAIA, you know, Gales. When you get to that next level, somebody's better. Yeah. Because somebody put in the extra work. Because somebody don't want to sit on that sideline. Somebody don't want to sit on that bench. Somebody want to be on that baseball diamond. So you got to put in the extra work. And I think a lot of kids get away from that these days because you got all this social media and stuff. So it's showing them doing one or two little wow, you know, spectacular moves and stuff. They're getting a lot of hype. So And then when they get to the big scene and they didn't put in that extra work. So look, you don't hear about if them. you think about it, um, there's two things I want to point out. Um, one, you know, Tanner's in the uh, the comments again. Appreciate it, you man. Um, he said there'll be another booby mounds, right? There's always somebody coming up. There's always talent. There's always this and that. He also talks about you know how at that age they don't have the vision and the the eating habits. And, and Mr. Tanner also points out, you know, he didn't say bro, but he eating chicken tenders like a twelve year old. <laughs> <laughs> man, I love our friends getting on here turning us up and on that up. Show. I love you. So man. listen, I'm gonna point out something to you. All the hard work that you put in, how come you didn't make it to the division one sports? How come I didn't make it through division one sports? Sadiq Ziad, those other people, you know, what were we missing? For, for, for me, I'm going to tell you why I didn't. I put in a lot of hard work, but I didn't put in enough hard work. Let me you let me stop you there, Dean, because here's what I'm trying to say. I didn't mean to, like, I'm over here sitting, <laughs> posing riddles or something. No, crap. no, no. But here's what I'm saying to you. It was not your athletic ability. It was not your work ethic. No. It wasn't Sadiq's no, or mine's mine either. You know, my well, grandfather... Well, my grandfather famously says, if you can run, you can play any sport, but if you can read, you can do anything. He's an English teacher. I mean, he's a, a, he's a legendary player and coach in, down there in Fort Worth, Texas, man. Look into that. John Arthur Gale Sr. All right? But what, what he was saying is you got to have that balance of brain and brawn, and that's what we were lacking. I didn't. I didn't get out because I couldn't, you know, read plays or the defensive, you know, line or anything like that. I had some issues and I struggled mentally. Sadiq, you, all of those people, man, mentally. So while you're saying like that's great that he's up and he's working out four times a day, but what happens when football is over? Because it comes for all of us. What happens? What's the backup plan? We got to start teaching these kids balance. Being an absolute monster on the field, as soon as you step off, the absolute perfect gentleman. You understand? Mm -hmm. How to approach and deal with women. How to balance education, academics, and school and whatnot. Right? All of these yep. things. And they don't have the vision, so we have, to, we have to be the ones who find a way to get these kids to be excited about the process the work ethic the studying right i tell my kids three things 
three things I want from you. Chores on point. Manner second to none and that gum grades. Because I believe you got if you have those three things, you can do anything because sports isn't forever. Nothing is promised. So that's what you were missing, and that's what I want to be clear about. Because I felt like I was I was pretty smart. My work ethic was okay, and I had some some talent in football. You were real smart. Right? But I didn't make it, and there's a reason behind that. It was nothing to do with the athletics. Fred Sparkman, you know, should be retiring, you know, in the NFL right now. There's a reason behind that. And it was not that man's athletic ability. And, and you know, for speaking for myself, well, speaking for me, I can't speak for everybody. Else. You can put a you can put a playbook in me, football playbook. I can break it down to the T. Jimmy Young can drop a basketball play. I can learn it in two minutes and run it to the T. You understand? You put me in front. You put me in front of a chalkboard in the classroom. It's like I didn't give a damn. I cared. I cared so much about. I care so much about that hardwood floor and that grid iron that I lack that same ability in the classroom because you, and I and I, and I mean I, I pre, you know I, I tell people so I tell my kids this once I started getting them coaches coming in every week I started getting these letters Old Miss Tennessee North Carolina Iowa Nebraska I started getting that man my head got like this. You know what I'm saying? My, my head got bigger than this room. And my, but I had, a, I had a dad that would knock me back down to size. But when I got from around my dad, you know, he couldn't be around me 24 hours a day because he's school. At school, man, my head like this because I'm like, I'm 16, 17, 18 year old kid out of the east side of Columbia. And I'm getting all these letters. I'm getting looked at. I'm getting offers. I get to go to different games every week. My boy Jeremy, uh, Gaz, he already committed to Vanderbilt. We're going to be on TV playing against each other. Man, we're going to be on national TV <laughs> playing against each other. Right. And, you know, I let that get to my head. And I can tell kids with a lot of talent that if you ain't got it in that classroom, I stay on my six-year-old. Like, he's six. I stay on him. He'd be like, Dad, why? I don't want to do this. I'm like, because, like you said, if you ain't got a backup plan after football, dude, it took, I'm 36-year-old, and I'm just now knowing <laughs> what I want to do. Because I was that lost when I lost football. I ain't gonna lie, man. That, that put me in a whole different mental state. In my, like I'm like you, dude. Like I was. That's why I'm doing a lot of crazy stuff that I'm doing because I never did have a backup plan out of football. Right. And I was, to me, one of the best athletes in Murray County. After oh, oh, we know, we know, Mr. Dean. But his. But I, was, but I also was one of the worst students in Murray County because I didn't give a damn about my books. Hey, the man. I. I cared about sports, and I cared about the women, and I didn't care about school. And then you'd be 36 years old telling me a story that you, you trying to mentor a kid. I, I think everything happened for a reason. I was mad for years about it, but now I'm not. I'm over it because it's me, people like me, you, Fred, anybody else who didn't make it. Now we can mentor people what we went through, what we could have been, and look what we're doing now. And we can mentor these young kids. To, to do it another way and try to help Stay people. tuned. Got an athletic series coming out and what the frap. So look, man, <laughs> one of those things I love about, um, there's a, there's the, the pyramid at school. And it's a cute little thing, right? The two bottom points of the pyramid, they make up the parent and the teacher. And these two things, they prop up the student. But if mm-hmm. any 
three, if any one of the three kind of slacks and doesn't get that support from the other two, the pyramid, one of the world's most strongest, soundest structures, fails. So you got to figure out, so it's up to the teacher to figure out how I can show my passion for my subject to get these kids who don't want to be here and don't want to talk or learn to listen and learn and do all the things, right? We have to find a way. Teachers need all kinds of support, man. Your mom's a teacher. You all, you know all about it. All what she goes yeah. through. The parents have got to find a way to be both beauty and the beast, right? Set the expectations, correct gently, all that kind of stuff. You know, the things that I feel it. Because <laughs> I'm very much like, yeah. da, 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 you know. But I'm trying. I'm trying, Dean, I promise. Right? But the well, student, I, the I, student, the, any student who may stumble across upon this crazy crazy little show i need y'all to want it for yourselves not for mama and daddy not because you want to buy mama a house or get your family out of poverty or whatever for yourself and that's tough yeah. at your age with your body and your mind and everything changing they say that the uh, human brain doesn't finish developing until around 24 years of age 24 so how do we get how do we get our kids to trust us and listen to our failures and successes and the failures and successes of other people in order to improve where we may mm -hmm. have failed? That's man, that's the million dollar question right there. It is, man, because like it, it, it's it's different, and I know you see it, bro. It, it's different now when we grew up. Um, we we would listen some. <laughs> I ain't gonna say we listen all the way 100%, mm -hmm. but we would listen some. But like, it's like now, man, you talk like, like I be talking to my nephew and my son when I go back home, man. It's like, I think they listen to me for every bit about five minutes. Oh, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Now, Dean, it's not fair. And my wife tells me this all the time. All right. Shout out to Asher Gales. My wife tells me this all the time. She says, You are the adult. So, yeah, it's not fair and all this kind of stuff. And you should get a certain level of respect and all this stuff, right? But that doesn't matter. We, as the adults, have to find a way. We just simply do, right? If this isn't working, we got to try something else. If that's not working, got to keep trying until we find something that works. How hard do we work as coaches? You know, we got Mr. Brown in the chat. So we got you who coach. I coach, right? I talked to Hope not too long ago. Talked to Coach McKnight. How hard is it to coach a kid? But you do it over and over and over, telling them over and over and over, and you're trying different things out, different plays, different different drills to get them to understand the plays and be more comfortable in their own skin. You know, especially those people who are <laughs> coaching middle school and the high school level. Man, these kids, they're trying to figure out who they are. With all this technology and all this noise on the outside, man. But, you know, we got to think about... Uh, we both grew up in the church, right? It says that each generation yeah. will get wiser and weaker. And I heard them talk on ESPN about how um, there's less involvement in football and all that kind of stuff. And I literally, you know what my first thought was? Good. Good. It's a Neanderthal sport. We shouldn't be crashing each other into each other over and over as hard as we can, right? Jarring our brains, doing... Ain't no telling what kind of long-term damage, right? I mean, just look at my man to my left here. Look at that. That's what football does to you, kids. Go play chess <laughs> and baseball and golf and tennis. 
<laughs> but no, but it's this thing of like, yeah, they're these kids are putting together. They're putting together content. They're putting. They're making their brands. Like it's nuts out there, man. It's nuts. So we got to find a way to be grateful and proud of these kids, this generation, and put the work in and keep trying. You know, keep the faith and try to figure it out. Brian Tennant says a cheap shot. That was right. You know, I was on the roll. My mic is a little bit louder than his. That's all. That's all good. But let, let me ask you this: What do you think? What do you think we could have been if we had technology then? What they got now? That go back to me. That go back to me saying you ain't even got to be that good. All you got to do is make a couple of spectacular plays. You know, what if we had the YouTube's, the Instagrams, uh, the Facebooks? Back then, if we made just one or two good plays, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But think about this: before, like before TV and stuff, there was the radio. Before that, it was the newspaper, right? After TV, you got the internet, and then all these apps that come with it. I'm telling you, it does not matter. That scenario, it still holds true. If you don't get both social and, um, or if you don't get these three things, right? The social aspect the educational aspect, and the work ethic towards your uh, chosen sport or sports, right? I think even with this technology now, yeah, we probably still would have been knuckleheads because we didn't have the right people in, in place to prepare us for what was coming. I was not prepared for Vanderbilt. Remember? So I was not prepared for Vanderbilt. The school, my own work ethic, my mom wasn't prepared. The teachers and coaches weren't prepared. Like, we didn't realize, like, understand how to read defenses and stuff to probably, you know, junior, senior year, man. So we were working at a deficit. Well, hell, I, hell I'm 36 and I'm still a damn motherhead. So what they tell you? <laughs> Pay the man. What it tells us is that we got to get off of it. Well, we can talk about this for a good long while. So let's move right on into tropics. <laughs> Trending topics, yeah, a.k.a. Tropics. Dean, what you got for us this week? Yeah. Trending topic this week is what about Tim Tebow loving the spotlight? Dude, you're 33 years old, okay? You had your first shot at the NFL. You didn't make it as a quarterback. They tried to tell you then to change this year. Went to the, you thought you were this all-world quarterback, but you wasn't. You wasn't that good at Florida. You just had a hell of a team around you at Florida. You had the best of the best athletes around you in Florida. What made you good? I'm not saying I don't like Tim Tebow because I like I like his uh, I like his motivation. I like his fire, and you know he gets his team hype. But this, you know, then you go you go on the TV, and which he's good. He's a good analyst. Like I I can't take that from him. Like the dude is a good analyst. But then you go to try to play major league baseball. You didn't do it in that, and now you're trying to get out here with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'll tell you this right mm. now. Yeah, you you answered it. I'm gonna ask this question to you. High in the hell is it Tim Tebow, 33 years old, ain't played football since what 2010, 11, if I'm mm. right, I don't know. How the hell can he get a job in the NFL? Colin Kaepernick took a bag of knee and he still is unemployed. Well, you know what that's about, man. Like if it don't I make sense, listen. If uh, I can't I'm gonna butcher this. Like help me out out there in the chats, man. If it don't make sense, or if it don't make money, it don't make sense. Does that make 
that, that sound right? If it don't make money, it don't make yeah. sense. Because look, when I it's look at these executives or these CEOs or anybody in that level who start to look at people as just numbers and a product, then I try to take the race stuff out of it, right? Because it's probably more about class than race. That's just me. Because I feel like they were shook in seeing all these complaints, you know, that very small percentage of people on Twitter who make so much noise that you have to listen to them, right? I feel like that's mm-hmm. why. Whereas Tim Tebow, you know, his biggest controversy is being a, a subpar quarterback and a Christian, you know. But that's so polarizing, but not enough to turn people off. Does that make sense? And I'm not... But I'm not knocking for as Christian because you know that it's not wrong with being a Christian. Me and you, Christian, that's not what I'm talking about. What people fail to realize is Tim Tebow wants this spotlight. Tim Tebow yearns for the spotlight. He was not hurting for money. Tim Tebow get anywhere from thirty to forty thousand for going to do motivational speaking. Yeah. He and he was doing them like three, you know, sometimes three or four times a week. So he wasn't hurting for money. He's getting paid by ESPN as an analyst. You know. I, I guarantee you, if Urban Meyer wasn't the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Tim Tebow would not be back out there in the NFL. So look, I'm I'm a little bit ignorant on this. Urban Meyer is the Jacksonville Jaguars coach. He's the he's the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach. And then he brought on Tim Tebow. That's just one Tebow. of those things of you know. Look, I may butcher another saying, <laughs> but that's just another example of uh, sometimes it's not what you know, but who you know. It's who you right? know. Yeah, right. I ain't mad at that. Yeah, so I'm not was, mad at that at all. Like he likes he, he likes something about Tebow, and maybe it's that it factor that we see in Tom Brady, because Tom Brady is absolutely out there throwing ducks and overthrowing, underthrowing people, absolutely don't you playing like garbage. But he's still something about being around ever. greatness or someone who has once been great does something to your psyche. And as we know in sports, that's all you need sometimes. And uh, Jeremy Brown says no yeah. goofy. If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. Ah, thank you, Mr. Brown. <laughs> you knew he had throw a joke. But, Mr. Gale, I love you like the little big brother that you are my. Don't ever put Tim Tebow in the same damn category as a great player. Like no, Tom no, 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 no. I'm don't saying for that. where he was, he served his purpose. Tom Brady, you say a great player, but he is way past his prime and washed beyond all get out. But his experience and knowledge and his track record is enough to get those people around him to rally around him, circle the wagons, if you will, and be successful. Right? That's all I'm saying. I'm not putting comparing the two. But something happened at Florida that Urban Meyer saw something in that kid that he can gather people around him and, and you know, move to that next level. That's all I'm saying. Watch, watch, watch what I tell you. Tim Tebow will play one or two years, possibly three, and tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. When Urban Meyer is ready to call it a quit, Watch you be the next head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's all it's all a plan. It's all a plan. But on to the next thing. <laughs> I can't with you, man. I can't. Look, we, we're about ready to wrap this thing up. How about we move on over the cows, man? I can't. I just let's do the graphic. Cows. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yes. The T is silent. So, cows, a.k.a., or I'm supposed to be doing challenge of the week. Hold on. Let me see if this works. Look, my wife going to kill me over here live testing stuff. Ready? Challenge of the week. Oh, yeah, baby. 
right? Cows. The tea is selling. So, Dean, what you got? With, what you got for us this week? Man, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I do the physical part of the of the challenge of the week. Mister Gale do the uh, motivation and all that other stuff. Mine this week is, man, we're going back to the basic. Base, basic exercise that you've been doing since you were in gym class in elementary school. I want everybody, every day this week, and don't say you can't because you can. Either get you a jump, either get you a hundred jumping jacks or a hundred jump ropes each day this week. If you ain't got a jump rope, just take your hand and jump up and down act like you're trolling one or just turn them into jumping jacks. I want people to get up, get your blood flowing, get your body going, man. We want people in shape, man. You ain't got to be in, like, I ain't talking about, you ain't got to be in tip-top shape. We just want you to be in shape. Get your heart rate going. We want your heart good. We want you living a long life, man, because we're losing people out here. Close people to us every day, mm-hmm. and I don't want mm-hmm. nobody else leaving no time soon. So I want people to stay in shape, man. So, th- you know, this is a good way. To, it's a good thing to get your heart rate going, get your blood going. If you can do more than 100, do more than 100. But just every day, and you ain't got to do 100 straight, but just try to get you 100. Either jumping jacks or jump rope every day this week. And that's my challenge every week. All right. I like it. I was listening to somebody. I can't remember who it was. One of these podcasters is frapping 8 billion of us out there, right? <laughs> Shout out to Brian Tanner said health is well. Um, yes, sir. <laughs> and Jerry Brown said he ain't did a push up in 10 years. <laughs> I'm with you, Mr. Brown. Maybe it's a Jeremy thing, you know. We're a special breed. Um, so I was listening to this dude, and he was talking about why he talks to so many different types of people, whether he agrees with them or not, whether he finds them offensive or not, whatever. He talks to a bunch of people. I feel like it was uh, maybe Rogan or somebody. And, um, his answer was, you know, he said, because I feel like the more people I talk, the more different personalities I, I speak with, uh, it broadens my perspective on things. And this is something I, I really want to do. Uh, I was anticipating your answer, Mr. Dean, in this uh, Steve Harvey uh, <laughs> debate that we've had. And uh, one of the things you said was that if I don't like you, I ain't sitting down and I ain't going to shake your hand. I ain't sitting down talking to you or anything like that. And I'm saying this, this is something I want people to get out of. So this week's challenge is let's broaden our perspectives a little bit. Let's go to someone you probably have no business talking to, probably don't agree with anything they have to say, and just ask them a few questions and just sit and listen, right? No rebuttals, no arguing or any of that, right? So that's my hey, guess challenge. What? Guess what? I'm exempt from that because I ain't at home. And all the people I don't like is back in Tennessee. <laughs> oh, give it time, Dean. There'll be there people there too. <laughs> all right, man. Look, that's it. That's it. You know what? Just, uh, go ahead, Dean. Last word, man. Man, last word, man. You know, last word, man. Look. Oh, no, 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 no. no. Top five, this. top five, top five. You forgot the top five because oh! you cut off last week. Man. Look, we'll do it next week. We'll tease it for next week. Top five comedy movies from Dean. Top five comedy movies. And it's going to be a good one. But, man, my uh, my last words is, man, you know, y'all probably heard me do this a million times on this show, man. It just, man, like, call and check on somebody, man. I don't care who it is. A friend, somebody you're close to that you don't talk to every day. Man, call and check on somebody, man, because we lose, like I said, we lose people that we know very fast and, and, and it's, it's more and more now than it ever been before. I feel like 
I'm saying every day I look on Facebook, it's RIP to one of the friends and one of the homies, man. And um, it, it get harder and harder, man. Keep a smile on your face. Don't let nothing get you down. And whatever you're going through, try to get through it because it ain't the end of the world. Because guess what? We can all, it's always somebody out there doing work. So that's what I want you to do, man. Just keep your head above water. Whatever you're going through, fight through it. Don't, don't let it get you down. Don't put your head down because it could be worse. It's somebody out there doing a lot worse. So I just want you to go through a week just smiling, laughing, joking, calling and check on somebody. Even if they just call and say, hey, mm-hmm. that's all you got to do. You know, The interaction that we get with our guys on, on here, man, you know, uh, downtown, Jeremy Brown, BT, you know, uh, Paco chimed in. Everybody who chimed in the back foot, man, we love that, man, because yeah. y'all are guys. At least, you know, we know that y'all supporting us and stuff, man. And whatever you got going on, we'll support y'all. That, that's what we need more of, man. And that, that's a big... I'm, for me, and I know, Miss yeah, that we, we ain't got a big following. But just seeing y'all doing that, man, y'all don't know how much that means to us, man. So we, we love y'all, man. And uh, just get, we're going to keep it going. Y'all keep it going. Whatever you got going on, we're going to support y'all, too. Yeah, man, appreciate it. I didn't even see the captain. What's up, Mr. Liggins? Hey, we'll see y'all around June 9th-ish. Got some things brewing. I'll be, I'll be, me and Dean making a, a homeward bound trip back to old Tennessee. Homeward bound, baby. But me until Tennessee, next week. Couple of shows down from Tennessee, baby. We both be there. <laughs> <laughs>
see you, nephew. <laughs> okay, come on. Let's go. Yeah. Hey! 